0: Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Today we are going to talk about stories. About how you and I and every single person we meet and simply walk past on the street has a story. And, you know, I bring many of these stories to light on the podcast, often big, scary, emotional, life-changing stories that make us feel all the (laughs) feelings. (laughs) But the truth is that sometimes these big, scary, emotional, life-changing stories can make some of us feel that if we don't have a story on that level, then our story is not important. And I get it. You know, the more drama, the more we want to know. It's that like morbid fascination with the tough stuff, which we will actually hear a little bit about on today's episode. (laughs) Don't worry. But it doesn't mean that all of our stories aren't important, even if they're not gory and gritty. I was uh, volunteering in Wilder's class this week, and I read the kids a book about memories so they were. we were trying to explain what a memory is, try describing a memory, like the description of a memory, to a bunch of six-year-olds. And what we kind of came up with is basically that it's something that makes you feel a feeling. And it can be set off by a smell, a sound, a phrase. And it's also something that's in the past, because memories happen and you move forward. And her teacher said that we all retain all of our memories, even though I forget things all the time, (laughs) but they're in our brain somewhere. And it's simply our ability or our need to recall them that makes us feel like we've forgotten so much because there's not always a need or an ability to recall them. But we haven't forgotten. Those memories are there. They're just waiting for that perfect moment on a run when your mind is totally free to pop back into your consciousness. And I know you understand this. One moment you're running and the next moment you're thinking about your freaking prom date or something. Like why, I don't know. But um, this concept of memories, it just seems fitting for today's guest because our memories form the stories of our lives. Today's guest, Mel Charbonneau, and I think I said that right, but I never asked Mel, how do you say your last name? I think it's Charbonneau. Um, Mel believes that every single woman has a story, and when she opens up and shares her story, the rest of the world benefits. Mel is the founder of Fellow Flowers, a global community of women who find strength in connecting with other women through the shared power of both running and sharing their stories. Mel is a self-described light bringer, a dreamer. Her power is best shared through bringing women together. Today, we go deep into how and why Mel started Fellow Flowers, which happened because of a story and also on a run, or rather a cracking open of one woman who shared her story and she created a ripple effect of support and connection, which turned into an idea that Mel then cultivated on a run. Uh, before we roll, I, I want to make sure I share a great story about <laughs> skirt sports, amazing new sports bras that serve women from A to E cups. I mean talk about stories. every woman has some stor- sort of a boob story from nursing to nips to wardrobe malfunctions to cancer, to body acceptance to self-love. Um, our new bras, the Charlotte A and B. Carrie C&D and Samantha Double D&E are literally the best bras we have ever made. No joke and no bias, I promise. <laughs> I know you don't believe me, um, but they really are the best. Just the no bias part. Um, but use the code BRALOVE for $10 off one of these bras. And you also get free shipping and returns if you purchase before Halloween, which is important because bras are tough to fit. So you may need to try two sizes. Okay. Now that you have your sports bra needs all figured out, and uh, we're in the mood to to get rolling on this amazing story theme, let's get back to the show. Let's bring this incredible light bringer, Mel Charbonneau, on. So we're looking at what one of the early days of skirt sports. There's a photo in the office here where I'm standing next to a shopping cart full of packages. <laughs> It's, it's so awesome um, and you did the same thing in the yes. early days and of like, fellow flowers I
1: feel like I'm I'm still there some days I mean it's still yes you have all the systems but yeah. at the end of the day you want to be part of that process until you can't anymore and whenever possible yeah I mean I'm there I see it and I watch and I help <laughs> but then but then I'm asked to not help because I screw systems up. I'm that person who like dive bombs into things and says, Oh, let's try this and everyone's like, Oh no, no, Mel, no, actually just,
0: just back away, please. <laughs> we might be one in the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have really great ideas, but they don't work well in systems. Well sometimes.
0: that's it's funny because um You know, I'm sitting here with Mel, one of the founders of Fellow Flowers, and we're reminiscing a little bit about the early days of both of our organizations. And, um, you know, when you get online and you're going to check out Fellow Flowers uh, after you listen to this episode, you will see that Mel is known for the crazy ideas, right? Yeah. But it doesn't really matter how crazy they are. Um, It just matters that eventually you do have a good one that you can act on.
1: Well. I, I think fellow flowers was an idea that came into my head while running. Like how many of us can relate to like getting into the groove on a run and all of a sudden some idea lands, right? And you, you don't know where it came from. You don't, you don't under necessarily even understand it, but it lands and you, you just have to look at it. And I just remember thinking like, this is bizarre. It's crazy. It could never work or or could it work? And I'm just like, I have to follow the thread. like I pulled the thread, I wanted to see where it would take us. and I also realized what the impact it had on me. So I'm thinking if it's if it's crazy and I, and I love it, what if it's crazy and someone else loves it too? What if it makes a difference in someone else's life? And then it becomes that overwhelming sense of, well now I have to see this through. Because if, if it's the one spaghetti that like sticks to the wall and I didn't go for it and I didn't ch- try to see where it could go, like, oh, that's a, such a missed opportunity or a path not taken that cha- ended up changing my life.
0: Well, so if we, if we back up for a moment here, you mentioned an idea came to you while running. Was that the real origin of fellow flowers? Or how did you get this whole how, thing started? What happened? This,
1: yeah. Like, how did all of this start? I love telling the story because I think it's how so many good stories happen. It's a group of girlfriends doing something fun that matters to them. And then it just kind of took off from there. Uh, my co-founding partner, Tori, it was her birthday and for her birthday, she wanted to run a half marathon and of course you know she asks all of her close friends will you run this race with me
0: well wait let's just stop because (laughs) you know this is one of those um mindsets or personality types who a lot of people will be like that's crazy on my birthday I want to eat cake and drink beer and like lay around (laughs) and get my nails done you know or whatever um so Mm -hmm. where does that even come from Tori is
1: of all the friends I know she's a uniter she likes to bring people together and she wants people to experience things with her. So, for her to train for that race by herself, it would have been fine. She would have crossed the finish line, but she wanted to experience it with her friends. And she threw this, I mean, at the time, email out because Facebook, like right. social media, even like texting, it wasn't as right. dominant as email. So, she sends an email out and she's like, who's in? and the really cool part is she connected all of us so we didn't all know each other and pretty soon ladies were like I'll do it I'll do it and of course you're like okay I have to spend 12 weeks of my life training for this race and you have that moment of this is a really big ask <laughs> like this is a really big commitment but I think the reason that so many women kind of stepped in was I think Tori had shown up for them before, so you kind of have that moment where you can show up for that person, okay, and I think that's why a lot of us said yes, yeah, so I, I said totally yes. Get that yes, yep, and there were there ended up being uh, fourteen of us, and we started training and where if i could trace it back to a singular moment where we went from a group of women training for a race to a group of women uniting around everything that's bigger than running Uh it was when my friend sarah you know tori introduced like just kind of introduced everybody on this thread this email thread and then um my friend sarah did a reply all And she said, hi, my name is Sarah, and this is why I'm running. And then she had this beautiful story about her daughter, Nora, who has glaucoma, who um, may very well go blind. Um, And she said, I want her to see her mom strong while she can still see. And I want her to know what it looks like and what it feels like so that no matter what happens, she always has that with her. I get emotional every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And she just, she talked so openly and she talked without care of, like, who was reading it. It was for her. Like, this is my Mm -hmm. story and I'm sharing it. And we all
0: held that space for her. And it was like a slightly more, I don't know if the word is safe, but an environment where you're not looking at each other. Yeah. You know you're among people who have a similar interest at least in one thing. Yep. And that you're united by somebody maybe that you trust.
1: Well, and we always say spaces are so important when you you create a you create the space, but you have to have a level of trust. And I think that is what allowed Sarah to yeah. hit that reply all. And then of course, now it's about more than just running. And then somebody else hits reply all well this is why i'm running and then this is why i'm running and then eventually i hit reply all and i had my own story and that's what i i think overwhelms me all the time i always get super emotional because every single woman has a story right and we had just created this little beautiful container where we could share it and we knew it would be Held, we knew it would be honored, and eventually, you know, it would be it would be celebrated too.
0: Okay, what was your story?
1: Oh, yeah i (laughs) I think when I said yes to that half marathon, I wasn't super jazzed about it. I I wasn't running (laughs) at the time. I mean, I was. Life was taking me in a lot of different directions, and it was all right. I have to find my running shoes and. You know, do I still have sports bras, like all of that. Right. And um, I had just gone through a really difficult chapter with my now very healthy eight year old daughter, but um, she almost died. And I was dealing with the grief and the trauma of a parent who was told their daughter was going to not make it. And it just it it was this whole chapter of I lost I lost myself. Um I lost uh that direction, you know, like where am I going? What's my path? In all ways, not just running, but um so I was just I mean, there's a a lot of what ifs and a lot of you know, what is my path? And this opportunity comes, right? And here I am. It's just a race. I'm just training for a race. I'm just running miles. Just. I'm, yep. I'm just going to put my shoes on and I'm just going to go out for a three-mile run. And I think for me, what happened was an opportunity to heal and really an opportunity for running to just allow me to express myself with, I mean, I'm a writer, so I'd be out on the roads and I'm thinking and I'm processing and I would go back to those women And I would share and I would write and it was therapeutic and it was healing and it just brought me so much joy. And here I was like, oh, I don't want to run. I don't want to run. And now I'm like, oh my God, I get to run. I get to go out and I get to continue to kind of heal and get myself back to dreaming and thinking about, I mean, here I am thinking my child's not going to make it. I mean, you're not thinking about anything. You're in survival mode. You're not worried about oh, shall I go out and get and get that thirty-minute run? In you're just I wanted to be next to my child every waking second. And here I was finally um, finding myself
0: again. With um, with your daughter, did you already? She's your oldest, right? My middle. Your middle. Yeah. Did you have all three at the time? I had my
1: oldest is Alexa. She's eleven now, mm-hmm. so she was. I mean. Allie was six weeks when she got she had bacterial meningitis. Oh my gosh! And so it came on very quickly. How do you get that? As a baby. So, I delivered her. Um, it was a vaginal birth, and blood mixing caused it.
0: Whoa! Uh, Is it, that's got to be so rare, though. I never hear. Well, about it this. should it
1: shouldn't have happened because I you know when when you're pregnant you get tested for strep b right and i was positive so i had i had that um antibiotic in the iv Uh so it shouldn't have even happened so the fact that it did and the fact that she it laid dormant until she was six weeks so i mean i went to the six-week appointment and it was like Um, She's healthy. She looks great. You can travel because we have family five hours away. So, of course, when she got sick, we were five hours away. And I found myself. How
0: did it like how did it manifest? Was she just like uh, suddenly shutting down? Yeah.
1: She, um, of course. I mean, let's just talk about mom guilt for a second because it was I had my family around me. I went out with my sisters and my brother for the first time since having her. So here I am, I'm leaving her with my mom, right? Right, right, yeah. And Jason's mom. Yeah. You know, so it's like, here I am, and I come, I, I come back, and something's wrong, and we have to rush her to the ER, and they couldn't treat her because um, it was a small hospital in a, in a small area, and so we had to get med-flighted down to Madison where we live. And I remember the doctor sat me down, and just said, You're gonna have to, whoever's here that needs to say goodbye should be here. And who's ever, whoever you want next to you when you have to say goodbye needs to be here. And I'm just looking at her, and I'm, first, I'm like, Screw you. You don't know. This is not happening. This is not oh my, my life. God. This is, I have a healthy baby. I have a healthy baby. She was healthy twenty four hours ago. This is not happening. And then my mom invited um, our pastor and I, you know when the pastor comes, you're like, "No, you are not here to like console me when my child passes. Like I do not want you here and oh he he ended up being the person that stayed with me and got me through it because I mean we realized we had to transport so everybody's kind of getting ready to leave, and I was the last one at the hospital with my pastor and I remember him just holding my hand and just saying like you can handle this whatever happens you can handle this and I'm like I'm so not strong enough for this he's like you know it'll be okay it'll be okay oh my god yeah so I mean I'm coming when we talk about like you know here I am signing up for this half marathon and I'm so naive it's just running it's just me going out and clocking a few miles I mean I was there were a lot of broken parts of me that needed to heal and I think I know I'm not alone I think that's what this whole journey has taught me the more I talk to women and the more I share my story there is another woman who has a story staring right yeah. back at me. And to this day, I've never had a conversation with a woman who's like, well, running hasn't changed me. I didn't need it for anything. Right? Like, I was perfectly fine before I found it. <laughs> I had all my shit squared away. Oh my God. I was totally, you know, I was totally good. Like running didn't change me. Because I know that I always say, I think running, I found running when I was in college as an athlete I was a basketball player so running found me as a form of punishment right like gotta stay in shape gotta do all the drills and I didn't love it and then all of a sudden these all these years later as a young adult I feel like running found me in those moments during that training when I think it was
0: a source of healing it, uh, so we took people a little ways down, um, but let's take them back up because your daughter made it. Oh my gosh! And I'm telling How, like, you, what was this? All of a sudden, was she better, or did it take a long time? How we does...
1: we were in the hospital for about a week. Okay. The biggest concern are cognitive deficits. So okay. um, seizures, and when mm-hmm. they're that little, uh, they it's hard to know when they're having these seizures too. And so she was hooked up for quite some time. And the thing about doctors in the PICU or in the NICU, really anywhere, they're not going to tell you it's okay until every checkbox is marked. Right. So we were not getting answers for days of like, is she going to be able to speak? Is she going to need assistance for the rest of her life? Like, what does this look like for us? Uh, And I just remember the doctors, I mean, so many doctors, and they're all quiet, and they're all just assessing. It's the
0: worst.
1: Yeah, and, and then we kind of realized how special her case was because all the doctors kept coming in, and they kept like looking at everything that was going on. But then, I mean, checkbox after checkbox, you know, everything started to look normal. And I, re- I remember when the doctor said, well, we're gonna be able to release you today. And I'm like um excuse me (laughs)
0: like it went from radio silence to you're out of here yeah
1: and it's the they're like well there's no reason to believe that anything's you know gonna be like wrong she's passing all the tests and she was monitored for about two years mainly for hearing and vision loss which are the most common long-term deficits that bacterial meningitis can bring and And I'm not even kidding you. She operates on a different spiritual plane than everybody. She is the craziest, wildest, most energetic, beautiful soul that like, I look at her so often. and I'm like, what a great lesson for me as a parent, because all I wanted to do was keep her in a bubble. All yeah. I wanted to do was put like bubble wrap around her and send, I didn't even want to send her out into the world. I wanted to just be like, no, nope, stay next to me. Stay next <laughs> to me. Just
0: don't go out. I, I can't handle anything else. Like, and you never went out again yourself. <laughs> You're like, when I go out, kids get sick. I yeah. mean, that's yes. tough. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: I remember, I remember like my husband kind of like kicking me out of the house at one point and just saying like you need to leave but all I associated was the minute I leave something bad's gonna happen
0: oh that is such a paralyzing place to be yeah. wow but eventually you did I did you and healed. then I,
1: I and and I went out again and I went out again and I kept running right and yeah. you start to realize that she is going to be okay And I also need to be okay. And I can't necessarily live my life waiting for another bad thing to happen. Like that's no way to live
0: either. No, absolutely not. But so running was a huge part of you moving yourself out of that dark space. Yeah. 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 So let's come back to the original like seed for fellow flowers and how that was planted was that before the email was that before you know Tori invited everybody to run this is such a great
1: part of our story because I think everyone assumes that it was planned that it was this well really well thought out Mm -hmm. um piece of the story and it was a friend of Tori's who had really kind of watched all of this evolve and um at the last minute like the week of the race gave Tori a bunch of flowers that she had gotten from Michael's craft store and she took the you know how those the flowers have the green backs uh-huh. she took those off and she hot glued barrettes to the back of the flowers oh. and she just said I think you guys should wear these when you run so that You all can find each other and people know that you go together and that was it i mean that's it was somebody else witnessing the connection and just the joy and the fun that we were having and them saying you guys should celebrate that and here here and I'm not, I was not a flower person. I mean, Tori will, she laughs every time when we tell a story because I was a, I was resistant. I'm like, this isn't a no, I'm not putting that big flower in my hair. I don't wear flowers. (laughs) Well, because they were pretty big flowers. Oh, I mean, they are. Yeah. The ones, I mean, especially the ones that we started out with. I mean, they took up half my, I mean, you couldn't even see my ponytail. It was just this big flower. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is, oh, I don't want to do this. But then, I mean, one woman put it in. And then the other woman put it in and pretty soon we're all looking at each other and we have these orange flowers in our hair. And I think what happened on the race, uh, I remember I was struggling. It was probably like mile 10 and you know, when you get in that ugly- everyone's struggling, at mile 10. <laughs> you're in the ugly place of the race. Totally. And there's this guy. He has his coffee, and he's like cheering. He's like, "Hey, there's a flower like half a block ahead. If you, you know, if you pick it up, you can probably catch her." And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, I ha- I'm wearing a flower." There's a flower. Oh, and he connected me to that uh-huh. other person. Oh, oh, so you kind of tuck that away. And I remember Tori at the finish line you know, because these are all of her friends. And she had her back turned in conversation. And this little old lady tapped her on the shoulder and said, um, I, think, I think one of your flower friends is finishing. I see a flower in her hair, just like yours. <laughs> and Tori turns and it's one of flower her dear friends. friends finishing. And all of a sudden we're like, whoa, these little flowers that we thought were... You know, this obnoxious thing that we had to put in our hair suddenly kind of became
0: a symbol. And so that was the seed. That's where the seed got planted. Okay, I just have to say this thought crossed my mind. What if her friend picks something totally different and random like... A candle on a, or uh, you know, a lawnmower (laughs) on a barrette or something. But she picked the flower. You know, you think about all the things that have to happen for something to create life. I think that's
1: the biggest thing about about well, we talked about crazy ideas and crazy dreams. Yeah, like the 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 order of which all these things happened, and then the willingness of people to step in and everybody saying yes. And then uh, it is, I think about that a lot. Yeah. There, well, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a fellow flowers.
0: No, and there there needed to be a physical event to have a visual, like you had to have this visual impact and you had to have other people watching who were putting it together and actually basically handing it to you and being like, hello, I'm noticing this. Are you not noticing it? You're the one wearing the things, but you're not necessarily seeing how much this is um, connecting you to other people. And not just them, but the people around them felt like they knew the flower people.
1: Yep. How funny. Yeah, and then it was like six months later. Powerful. It was my birthday and so I, I mean, life life was just throwing me all sorts of curveballs, and it really now I look back, those were signs. <laughs> those were signs. They weren't like curveballs. They weren't, yeah. you know, unintentional. They were. They were signs that I needed to be doing something different. That I needed to be using my gifts and my talents and making some kind of difference in the world. And I think that's the the silver lining of, of going through the difficult chapter with Allison getting sick everything got clear and that's yeah. i mean you talk to anybody who's been in a stage of grief you know they get so clear so quick and i knew something had to change i just didn't know what it was and i i had to stay open and i think being open to knowing Okay, there's something, I just have to keep looking and I have to be willing to step in and say yes to crazy ideas, follow paths that look unconventional and just keep showing up, right? And-
0: So, so when did it go from a group of women running with a flower to like a huge international community of women who are connected by a symbol um, and are, are supporting and sharing together?
1: Yeah, I, after I ran the race on my birthday, when it was still not a thing, right? I mean, but all of those women, we would put these flowers back in our hair. So you kept doing it. We kept doing it. It became a habit. And it was because it connected me back to those women and that Mm. experience and what that experience meant to me. And I just remembered waking up, putting that flower in my hair, and I looked at my husband. And I'm like, I think I'm supposed to do something with this flower. I think this flower might be like my path. I just don't know exactly what that looks like. And that whole half marathon, I just said, I'm going to think about it. That's my, that's my plan. And of course, Jason's looking at me like, all
0: right, have, have fun. <laughs> well, do you have like an entrepreneurial background? What did you, what were you doing in your life? I was in
1: marketing communications, but I can say now I'm a writer. Mm. I'm a writer. I'm, I'm a, I'm a words person. I, I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at the world in a different way. I see when people say things and I want, I want them to know how magical their words are. And I want to put those words in places where everybody has in it. There's an impact, there's a change and people are better for it. So I didn't necessarily know what my gift was, what my skill was, what my calling was. And I, sometimes it's even hard to answer the question, so what did you do? Because I'm like, well, I was in marketing. I mean, right. I was a marketing director, but really I was a storyteller in waiting in many ways. And um, after that race, I had, I had the business plan kind of in my head and I texted Tori that night and I just said, I have an idea it's like flowers and running and friendship and women and like are you in like do you want to do this so why why tori why didn't
0: you do it on your own
1: well i think for me so much of it was about that initial connection that i felt in that race Mm. and i think one thing that i appreciated about tori was how much she valued friendships and i think that was sometimes a struggle for me You know, I didn't necessarily know how to be a uniter and a connector. I did a lot of things by myself. I trained by, I mean, I would have been far more comfortable training by myself and showing up to the start line and running a race, getting my medal and going home. Like that would have been how I probably would have taken that path. And I think what Tori showed me was you can also do it with people and it feels really good. And yeah, you have to be a little bit more vulnerable and you have to be willing to share and show up. But then once I did, I I mean, it changed it changed
0: everything for me. So if Tori is the connector and the uniter, what are you? Oh. I'm probably the
1: dreamer and the 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 light-bringer, you know, the the vision person mm. who Sees things maybe before other people see them. Uh, like even with the flowers, you know, what I saw was different than what everybody else saw. I I experienced something, and I immediately wanted other people to experience that too. I wanted to have a ripple effect. I wanted yeah. other people to feel change and to it's just it's always been a part of me if I can make your life better if I can bring positivity into your life then I'm going to do it it's going to go beyond just me it's going to go as far as I can possibly reach it so it's just that it's that dreamer mentality but with a with a doer um, side of me I mean I'm no slouch when it comes to doing the work and I think that's the big thing about you know it's not just about the dream, it's about the dreamer doing the work. I'm wow. a big believer in that.
0: Well, that's a that's a really good point. And you know what this whole conversation is making me think we should ask our listeners to do something right now. Yeah. So after this question, you'll pause and you'll think about your answer and then come back to us. <laughs> so we've we've determined that Tori is a connector and a uniter and mel is a dreamer and a light bringer and a change maker and i am a cheerleader and Uh. and a supporter um what are you so that is the question what are you so pause for a moment many of you are running so let your minds work over this okay all right and we're back. <laughs> so you are now looking at yourself in a different way. How cool is that? Mhm. Mm-hmm. And how empowering is that? And I'm really hopeful that none of you said, "I'm a super negative pessimist who's bringing darkness into the world." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because you know at the end of the day we all probably I'm making an assumption here but probably have the same goal which is to seek happiness mm-hmm. right for ourselves and for the people around us and the world around us that we touch every day
1: to live a fully authentic life aligned with who you are with what matters with who matters I think that is that ultimate quest for um happiness and like true fulfillment.
0: So when people find themselves in a place where they're not happy and they know it, how do you suggest that they get back on the road or start to figure out again what makes them happy or can take them back or not back because backwards never a good thing, but can take them forward to this place? So I in
1: a lot of conversations that I have with women and I can tell that there's something rubbing, there's a, there's a discomfort, there's a resistance. Uh,
0: What's rubbing you? Yeah.
1: I usually (laughs) like, I bring them back to their values because I have found that wherever that rub is, it's usually because they're not in alignment with what matters. They're doing work that truly isn't lighting them up or they're surrounding themselves with people that are, uh, bringing them into a place of, you know, either complacency or negativity. And when you get them to get clear on what matters, what those values are, and what about those values matters most, then they they have these light bulb moments where like, oh, well, maybe it's not working because of this. Or they can they can take an active step forward because they establish what matters and then I'm a huge fan of you always get to decide. I always tell ladies, you, you have a choice. You can move further or closer to that value. And every decision that you make, you get to ask yourself, is this moving me closer or further away from what I have said matters? And that's powerful when yeah, you're actively making choices. And in the back of your head, you know, this is not getting me to where I want to go. This is not getting me closer to the people that I wanna be around. This is not work that is filling me up and I am deciding to stay or I'm deciding not to, you know, not to move. I'm deciding, whatever it is for you, you have to look yourself in the, in the mirror, in the eye and say, what matters and how am I going to take steps closer to that and I truly believe it all comes down to your values and then with values comes put some boundaries in place what are you what are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do like who are you hanging out with right like who's your tribe who's your support system how are you talking to yourself how like how are you being your best cheerleader are you your hero or are you your critic and, I mean, I feel like when women can get clearer, then they can move forward. And then they, they have this inherent confidence and power because they know where they're going.
0: It's very true. It's also a lot of pressure on <laughs> the person who is telling people, you know, that they have the power to do this. How about you? Do you ever find yourself in those places where something's rubbing? And time. do you follow your own lead or do you get lost sometimes still?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I I think I'm lost and I'm found
0: all the time. Oh. That's uh we might have to expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it what it does is say You know, you seem, you're a very self-actualized person. You've gone through this process with yourself to come to these beautiful, like, moments of awakening, right? Mm -hmm. And now you can share some of that incredible knowledge, but you're also vulnerable.
1: Oh my gosh, I I feel like the more we have open conversations around fear and self-doubt and worthiness, I feel like that's
0: where the conversation really is. Mm. Well, maybe we should talk about this idea so of stories. So everyone has a story that that they tell the outside world, but then they also have the story that they tell themselves. Yeah. And they can sometimes not match. And that makes you feel like you're or maybe it doesn't make you feel like this, but in the end of the day it may make you feel like you're not being authentic.
1: Yeah. Or that you don't belong. Yeah you know, that, that you're the one, right. That's going to get tapped on the shoulder and be like, Oh, really nice. Try you showing up here thinking that you belong, but you're the one we got to ask to leave because you just don't like, we all have that fear of, you know, showing up somewhere and just not being enough, whether it's like at a race, whether it's at your job, whether it's a friendship group, whether it's a really close relationship, you know, this, this sense of, um, I have to prove myself. I can't just be enough just because I'm enough, right? Because I'm standing here in front of you and I'm going to say my truth and that should be enough. But we, we do, we feel this need to, um, perform and perfect and put on a show that we think, and I think this is really important. We think everyone wants the show. We think we have to show up as something because that's what everyone wants. But then everyone is showing up to the party thinking they have to be something <laughs> that they're not. And everyone's got their big old shields up of like, and they, then, they, then it gets heavy and then you're not being you. And I, I think that's the kind of space I want to keep creating, right? Please come as you are and know that that's actually the better story Please don't tell me it's working. Please don't tell me it's perfect. Please don't tell me that because then I'm going to feel crazy because it's not for me. Right. It's, um, yeah. it's a It's one form of a shit show or another on a daily mm-hmm. basis. So if we all came to the table and laid it down and said, this is actually what's happening. This is actually how I feel. This is what's really going on. We would realize so very quickly how alike we are in those truths. We're all going to be different, right? We're all bringing a unique story, but there are truths in there. And I mean, that's, wouldn't that be a fun party to come to instead oh, of the one where everyone's like, no, really, my Facebook page is exactly like my life.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's like you're walking in and taking off all your clothes mm-hmm. and you're like, here I am. Yep. Instead of putting more on. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, is this how fellow flowers works then? Like, it's just like a bunch of women who are encouraged to be who they are and share who they are. Is it virtual? Is it in person? Tell us a little more about Fellow Flowers so people listening can get involved.
1: Yeah, I think the North Star of Fellow Flowers is reminding women that they are a story worth telling. That, at the end of the day, is our North Star. You are a story worth telling. And what we have created is a way to begin telling your story. We have created a language for women to step in and own a piece of it. I mean, not right? Just one step forward in their story. Our flowers, we have 13 different colors, and they all represent a different reason why women put one foot in front of the other not just running, but also life. And these flowers have become a symbol of connection, a symbol of uh, story. And I think the really cool part, and what no matter, no matter what, the really cool part is you can show up to a race and you can see a woman wearing a dark pink flower and you can know that there's a story inside of her about feeling worthy. And feeling fierce and you know that without having to say a word and then you can look and you can see a woman wearing a turquoise flower which stands for being brave and believing that you are a story worth telling and owning that your story can and should look different than everybody else's and she is being brave i don't have to even say a word to her to know that that is the power of these flowers and you can call them an accessory you can call them you know a hair clip oh my gosh to me they are so much more i was not a flower person right when i started this whole thing i was not a flower person there is not a day that goes by when i go out for a run and i don't feel that that strong connection to these flowers i'm gonna honor why i'm going out and running today i'm gonna honor the day i've had whether it's a good day or a bad day, I'm going to honor what's, what's on my mind. I'm going to honor that intention for why these miles matter. And that's how I pick my flower. I get to celebrate my story. And I get to know that at the same time, there is another woman out there who has just clipped a flower in her hair and is honoring her story too. So the North Star, every woman is a story. And then how we build it, it's largely virtual we have you know we we have our flowers obviously we have our website and you can buy products and you can buy apparel and you can buy the flowers cute little
0: headband you're wearing
1: yes headbands too and we just try you know we try to always find ways where women can just feel the power of the messages behind our flowers so we try to do that and we try to innovate But it's really about building community. It's about building a space where women feel like they can share those stories and they can support other women who are doing the same thing. So we have a membership, it's called FF Crew. And it's just like, it's just a little piece of the sisterhood, right? Like every, I mean, there are so many great brands and so many great organizations doing their part to kind of build that collective sisterhood that is the sport of women's running. But it's so much more than that. And women need these spaces. So we, we have ours and we think it's lovely and amazing and everyone is welcome. There's no uh, prerequisites, there's no how fast are you, there's no how many races have you run. The only question I would probably ask a, a woman is, are you gonna be brave with your story? Are you gonna be willing to step in and start honoring who you are as a woman? Then like you're in. And if you're not there, come in anyway, and you can learn and you can see what it feels and looks like to see a woman share her story and know that that is held and know that that matters. And to, to watch another woman be seen as she is, like, maybe that'll make you brave enough to someday step in and do it yourself. Wow.
0: I love it. Why aren't we all in the in the club? Everyone should be in the crew, <laughs> man. It's the place to be. Um, so we'll get to that at fellowflowers.com. Yes. Yes yeah um, and we will definitely have a link in the show notes so people can easily find you um, as uh, as you continue on this path as the leader of a huge crew, right? because yeah. it is called the crew. are um, other ideas continuing to pro- crop up like what's next? Where oh, does the yeah. future lie?
1: I gosh, there's some well, there's so many directions, right. I think where I want to focus is creating more opportunities for women to write and share their stories. I think the most common thing I hear is I don't know where to start. I don't know how to tell my story. Mm. And the hardest one for me to hear is I'm my story's not that important. There's nothing glamorous or extraordinary about my story. And I think we do put a highlight reel on these really big, huge goals or these big moments or these big comebacks. So then you have a woman who's like, shit, I'm just trying to get through my day. I've got three kids. (laughs) I don't have dinner ready. I'm just trying to get out for a 30-minute run. Like she's not thinking she belongs in this, you know, the the big story. Yeah. And I want to change that. Mm -hmm. I want every woman who's like, no, we are all far more that person on a daily basis. And getting women to realize that they are a story. And so writing, more writing challenges, more writing programs. I've been doing writing prompts lately. I saw
0: your writing prompts. So you guys, um, you've got to get on the fellow flowers email list too, but um, they're really cool. Yeah, they, So they explain awesome. what a writing prompt is.
1: A writing prompt is a fantastic way for you to kind of get over the how do I start in telling your story or just a little nugget of your story so we had a writing prompt that was really popular a few weeks ago and it was this is a woman who so this would be another great thing for your listeners yeah and this was a really popular prompt and all i did was kind of share a bit about my story because I find that that helps Mm -hmm. kind of women be braver with theirs is when I'm vulnerable and I share a piece of, of my story. So I did that and I talked about myself and this race that I had run and how initially I kind of, I was pissed. I didn't get the time I wanted. I downplayed my effort and then I had to sit back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa but you just did this, like you just ran a pace that never in a million years did you think you could do and just because you didn't get the time, this time still matters. And so I wrote, this is a woman who, and I shared like, I'm, a, I'm 37 years old and I'm kicking ass and I'm doing all of these things. I'm stronger than I was many years ago. And I turned it back to our audience, our community and I said, now it's your turn, this is a woman who. And the responses, uh, they floored me. They just leveled me in the authenticity and the vulnerability. And I think really what can come up when you're just led down, like here, just take this and see where it takes you. There's no right or wrong way. There's no right or wrong answer. This is your story. And this is just a way to take one layer Right? Just yeah. just give me one Love little it. layer.
0: All right. Well, here's a writing prompt for you as we start to wrap it up. If you are a mom raising children, which we know you are, but this is for anyone, um, boys or girls, in your case, three girls, what, this is the value I'd like them to have most? Oh
1: my goodness. This is such a great question.
0: It's a writing prompt, but I kind of did it wrong, but that's okay. No,
1: I think (laughs) I want my, um, and I get emotional. Anytime I talk about my girls and who they will become, I want them to feel, whether this is a value, that they belong. Mm. I want them to have a true sense of belonging. And um, I'm a huge Brene Brown fan, and I, I read anytime I read her words, right, it's like, I want them to belong to themselves and to feel whole and complete as they are and to know that they are enough. They are made perfectly, that they have everything that they need, that no one else gets to take their story from them. No one else gets to take their worthiness from them. No one gets to tell them their path if it's not true to them. I want them to belong. And then when they fully belong to themselves, then they can go out into the world and they can make a difference. They can be surrounded by a huge group of friends or they can be by themselves and it won't matter because they know who they are and they'll stand up for what they believe in.
0: Wow, Mel, you are so much more than a dreamer and a light bringer. (laughs) You are a difference maker.
1: Uh, Same to you, my friend. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, before we go, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every guest who comes on the show, which is if you could leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? I would encourage everyone
1: to chase what truly matters to them. Even if it's not the popular thing, even if it's unconventional, even if everyone says you're crazy, even if it's a goal that scares the crap out of you, even if it is, even if everyone's telling you it's not possible, if it matters to you and it's going to bring you closer to a brave, authentic life that you love, chase it life is short chase it
0: for sure hey there i'm back what a fun and inspiring and emotional episode with mel you know we had been trying to connect for a year and i'm so glad she made it to boulder and we put this together i hope you felt the power i mean i felt it but i was sitting here across from this incredibly powerful woman um I hope you felt the connectedness and the fact that you get to decide what direction your life takes, even when you feel run over and out of control. It's always up to you. Because at the end of the day, you can choose positivity. You can choose to love yourself first and best. And as Mel says, you are a story worth telling well, let me know how you liked today's episode. What you thought. Did you love it? Do you want to join Fellow Flowers immediately? Did I miss something important? Uh, take a moment to write a review on iTunes for me. This really actually does help. And uh, I know I've got a lot more listeners than, than reviews out there. So get over there. Uh, forward this one to a friend who needs it. Uh, and then, and finally, you know, just let me know if you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. I love hearing from you. And sometimes I do end up interviewing the people that you recommend, um, and be sure to get over to my, my website, nicoledaboom.com and sign up to get my emails. When you get over there, you should get one of those pop-ups that asks you to subscribe with a beautiful, um, beauty shot i'm uh, I'm working on doing my best to send out a weekly update, so when I launch new episodes, you'll you'll know they launched. Nothing spammy. Just a quick thing to let you know what awesome sawsome is happening on the pod. Okay, then, that's it for today. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.